0: Know Your Worth, part number one of our series, Love Changes Everything. It's all founded on what love actually means. First Corinthians uh, chapter 13 says this. says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. Verse 6 says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. What is love? Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Would you join me in prayer tonight? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this space to learn more about you. God, I pray over the next couple of minutes that you would grab a hold of our heart, that we can learn more about who you are, what you've done for us, and tonight, God, I pray that we would fall more in love with who you are. We love you, God. And You're praying. All God's people said, "Amen." When uh, when Amanda and I, my wife and I, first got married, we uh, we started to go skiing. We went we went snow skiing all the time. Anybody else like skiing or snowboarding? Would you raise your hands? All right. Most people, snowboarders out there, I'm guessing. All right. Whatever. All right. We can. We can still be friends, that's okay. Um, we, uh, we got into the sport and we realized pretty quickly that it was, it was often, it was helpful to actually buy our own gear. So we bought our own skis, we bought our own boots, we bought all of our own stuff, all right? And uh, we've been skiing on the gear for a couple years now. Well, Amanda, had, we had a baby and the whole thing and apparently your shoe size changes. I didn't even know that. That's a new thing to me, all right? But, but she doesn't fit in her boots anymore, all right? So get this. We bought our boots used at a used shop in Brinehead, Utah. Come on, somebody. And um, great, love it. So we went back to the place last week, and we took the boots that we bought from them two years ago. And we said, hey, we told them the situation. Hey, we bought them used here And we'd love to give them back or sell them, whatever. Could you sell them off to someone else? We've used them for two years, and we want the next person to use them. And the person working there at the shop took a look at these ski boots. And they were the same ones that they sold us two years before. And he looked at them, and he kind of looked at them, and he said, these have no worth. He said, they're worthless. I, I said, can you sell them for anything? He said, absolutely not. No one will pay money for these boots. He said, you might as well just throw them in the trash can. And in that moment, what he was saying, right, is he was saying, these are worthless, they're not worth any money, there's nothing you can get for them, they are worth nothing. What does value actually mean? Maybe if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Value is determined by what people are willing to pay. Value is what someone is willing to pay for something. And the guy at the ski shop had decided that these boots were worth nothing because no one would pay for these things. It doesn't matter at all, anything about them. No one's going to pay any money for them. There's just like this idea of market value, right, collective majority, that everyone agrees that something is worth something. All right, take a look at your shoes right now. All right, look look at the pair of shoes you got on. Now, you've worn them. They're not brand new. How much do you think you could sell them for right now? All right, all right, now, now, here, here's the thing. It, it, it's, we could all go around to our pair of shoes and they're all gonna be worth different amounts of money. Anybody say they're worthless? Anybody have some shoes that you're like, these are absolutely worthless? Like those ski boots, no one's gonna pay any money. All right, let me see some shoes that are worthless. Just raise them up in the air, let me see them. All right, some worthless shoes, great, love them, great, all right. Anybody got some pair of shoes you're like, these could sell for 200 minimum? 200, Tony says yes. <laughs> I love it. Is that a pair of Crocs? Those are not 200, all right. But, but, but here, here's, here's the reality. is there, There's a collective majority, catch this, that have decided the market value of what that item is actually worth. And the guy at the ski shop said, these boots are worthless. No one's gonna pay any money for them. And I, th- I think for some of us tonight, We have allowed the majority of people in our life to determine the worth that you see for yourself. Check check this out tonight, because for some of us here, this is a real struggle. That you have allowed the collective majority, the people in your life, to determine and dictate how you see yourself. You, You allow the worth that you see in your own life to be determined by what people have said about you. A girl told you that you looked ugly on Instagram. Your, your teacher said that shh, teacher said you aren't smart. Your parents said this this mean statement to you. She says you're not pretty. You're not smart enough. You don't have what it takes to make that to, to make that team. You're not a good enough athlete. You have absolutely no style. you, you, you don't know how to dress like whatever it is. For some of us here tonight, you have allowed the words that people have said over your life to dictate how you view yourself. And I want to take this step further. The problem also extends when we start to allow these things to determine and dictate the identity that we see ourselves as. That we start to see ourselves having less worth because someone in your life said something mean. Has this ever happened to you? I'm not asking you to raise hands tonight, but maybe, maybe if you're with me, just nod your head. Like, yeah, this has happened to me. I look back on my life, and I feel like uh, there is some hard season in life, but middle school is a hard season. Can I get an amen? amen? Goodness gracious. I look at some of the worst things that people said to me to my face, and I was like, it was in middle school. You ever get bullied in middle school? You ever had someone say something just mean? like? Now, now here, here's the thing. For some of you, you have allowed this identity or this thing that someone has said about you to become what you think about yourself. Or you've put your identity in something that you do that will not last past a certain season of life. For example, some of you are really good athletes. And you see yourself as an athlete. But what would it look like for you if you were to lose this status, if you were to get injured, if you were to lose that sports, whatever, For some of you, you see yourself as a student. You see yourself as a good academic person. What happens if you don't make that school? What what, what does that mean? I think there's a big movement right now where where we identify by our sexual orientation or our sexual gender identity. And this becomes something that we identify as really publicly. There are things that we start, that, that, that in culture we identify with But what if what we should identify with, and what if our worth and our value doesn't come from what people say, but by what God says about who we are? I love, where's Ainsley at? Ainsley gave a message tonight for us. Where's she at right here? I love it. Like, we didn't even plan this, okay? But she's just preaching, stealing all my points tonight. But it's great. But but here's the reality, is Ainsley is literally walking in what I'm talking about. Ainsley, we're proud of you. Because what you've decided is you said I'm not going to live by what people say. Because here's the problem. You ever been on a roller coaster that goes up, down, left, and right? You ever having to hold on for dear life? What happens for some of us is we have allowed people's words to dictate how we view ourselves. And it's like we're on this roller coaster. You ever been on this roller coaster before? She says you're pretty. She says you're ugly. One guy says you have big muscles. The other guy says you have small muscles. It's like you're on this roller coaster of life and you're allowing, catch this, you're allowing your view of yourself to be dictated by what people say. Love changes everything. Tonight, night number one, we're calling it Know Your Worth. And before, we're going to talk about relationships We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about breakups. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about all the things in the future weeks. But tonight what we need to start with is we need to start with the groundwork, with a foundation of where do you find your worth in. How many of you guys know that when you enter in a relationship, all it is is you're bringing your baggage and they're bringing their baggage into one big pile of baggage, right? That's what relationships are. So I think for some of us, we need to stop and we need to pause. Some of you all are so eager to hop into a relationship. So many of you so eager to find someone to fulfill you. When in reality, we need to stop. Listen to me. Listen to me tonight. Stop. And say, where does your worth actually come from, young person? I think there's this movement in culture where people have believed this lie that someone is going to complete you, someone is going to fulfill you. And the problem is with this, this will never happen. Doesn't even matter if you find your dream guy or your dream girl, they will not fulfill you. What we have to do is we have to become super secure in who we are and who we've been created to be. So how, how are you doing on this journey yourself? Like this isn't a relationship journey actually we need to start the first week of the relationship series and we need to talk about an individual journey with Jesus before we're ready to date before we're ready to talk about all the things that are coming in the coming weeks we need to stop tonight and say where do you find your worth what do you place your identity in what do you see your value as because the problem is as we talked about earlier what is value it's determined by what someone is going to pay for something We find our worth in in, in what people will do for you. We find our worth in what people will say to us. The problem is we find ourselves on this roller coaster of life. We're allowing our emotions in our life to be dictated by what people say. Luke chapter 12, verse 7. it's It's a small verse in the middle of the book of Luke, but here's what it says. The very hairs on your head are all numbered. God actually knows the amount of hairs on your head. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. There there could be a whole group of birds, right? You are more valuable to God than that whole entire flock. Here's what it's trying to say, is that he knows the hairs on your head. He knows exactly everything. He knows your thoughts. He knows your patterns. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And God still loves you still. This is who God is. This is God, the creator of it all. And what I, what I think is interesting for us tonight is your value, your worth, my worth as a human being, is determined really by one thing and one thing alone. And it's really determined by what Jesus says about us. Not by what anyone else has ever said. Some of you here tonight and you're carrying a lot of weight on your shoulders because someone has said some really hurtful things in your life. They've said some really hurtful things about who you are, what your appearance looks like, your character. They've shamed you. They've completely just demolished you. Some of you tonight, you're carrying this weight of these people have said these things about you. And you've started to let the things said about you start to creep into who you actually are. And the question we have to ask ourselves tonight is, who are you going to allow to determine your value? Who are you going to allow to determine your worth? Because if we allow the, what people say about us to determine our worth, it will always come to a dead end. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, um, this, this is a passage for us tonight where it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have born, been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Here's here's what this is telling us, is that when we follow Jesus, nothing else matters. When we follow Jesus, what they say about you, you that that pales in comparison to what Jesus has done for you. See, here's the truth that I want to tell you tonight, that this is the one truth I came to tell you is that when we talk about worth and when we talk about value, is that confetti that just flew home? Wow, that's amazing. Where did that, okay. Um, I got so sidetracked. Your value is what someone will pay for you. And here's what God did. Catch this tonight. God was willing to pay Jesus in order to purchase you. So the truth of tonight that I want you to hear is that God paid Jesus, in order to purchase you, that was what He did. He sent His only Son on a rescue mission for me and you, that we couldn't match up to the perfect expectation in which He had in front of us. But what happened is, God stepped into the scene. He said, "I, right, you can't, you can't keep up. You can't do. No, 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 no. I love you. I'm sending my Son to die for you." And what happens is, it becomes something that. We don't just check in on Sundays and move on, as we talked about earlier. It becomes a relationship with God that changes everything about our life. Uh, many of you guys know my daughter is uh, 14 months old right now, and she is amazing. She's learning how to walk right now. All right, so check this out. She'll hold on to like uh, stuff, and she'll kind of stand there, and she'll let go, and she'll just she'll just do this. She'll look around, and she doesn't know how to take steps yet. She just kind of looks. She looks around, and she tries to take steps, but, like, she can't. And and over the last couple days, it's been amazing. All she'll do is she'll, like, she'll see her mom or she'll see me or something, and she'll just start, like, she'll fall. Like, she'll just take three steps down into your arms. It's amazing. It's great. Hopefully next Sunday I'm coming back. She's walking. It's great. It's amazing. Like, that's probably probably what's going to happen. But she's on this weird thing, and I'm cheering her on, Ayla, go, Ayla, go, Ayla, go. And I'm helping. I'm mean, trying to help her walk, trying to help her take her first steps. I want it so bad for her, but, but she's like one step at a time and super close, but not quite there. But what I love about this is like as she's doing this, I go up to her afterwards, and I say, I love you. And I tell her I love you because like from this age, like she doesn't even know how to talk yet. She doesn't even know what I'm saying. I want her to know that I love her even still. Even, still even, even though she can't quite walk yet and I'm cheering her on, and I'm telling her to walk, and all these things, my love is not determined by if she walks or not. You guys with me? And I feel like for someone here tonight, maybe you need to hear that your father is not loving you conditionally based on what you do. That maybe you're here tonight and you need to hear that your father loves you even still. That you're trying to do all the right things, but you keep messing up. You try to live and to please people here on earth, but you keep messing up. That you're here tonight, and you're carrying this burden on your shoulders, but you keep messing up. See, there's a difference, because religion says you have to do these things to get to God. But relationship with God said he set his son for us. So it's because of what Jesus did on the cross that you may be saved. So tonight, part number one, love changes everything. Know your worth. Know who you are and whose you are. Know who your creator is. Know who your father is. And it starts with you. Because love is determined, it's literally founded upon what God has done for us. That's it. That's what love really is all about. It's founded on who God is, what he's done for us. That's it. That's it. And we talk about what love is. It's so countercultural. It is so anti everything that you see at school, on your sports team, even in your family, and certainly in your friend groups. Love is so far disconnected from what God is. And tonight, night number one, love changes everything. I came to tell you that there's a God who loves you. In fact, so much that he sent his son for you died on the cross for your sins so that you may have a right relationship with him today. And you might find life and life to the fullest. So what are you gonna do with it tonight? Would you be open to living by what God says about you instead of what other people say? And tonight, as we kick off this series, we're really, we need to establish ourselves as single people, and I'm not even talking about your relationship status, okay, but individuals who are calling above everything else is to pursue God individually. And if we can establish ourselves in that, and if we can pursue Jesus with everything that we have, and we can start knowing who who we are and what our worth actually is, then we can establish ourselves as believers as followers of Christ, as Christians, who are pursuing after Jesus. So all across this room, heads bowed, nice closed, I'm gonna invite you into a moment of prayer with God. Jeremiah 17:7. 7, I'm gonna read this over us tonight. It says this: that blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. One more time, i gonna read this. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. I came to tell you tonight, single person, that you are complete in Christ. You don't need someone to fulfill you. You don't need someone to complete you. That you are complete exactly how you are, created and loved by God. Maybe tonight you're here in this room and you've never made it a personal decision to follow Jesus. I want to invite you to do this right now. It's accepting love, grace, and mercy from Jesus Christ. Saying, I'm a sinner. This is you, just prayed along with me that I'm a sinner that I've messed up. I've missed the mark. Tonight, I'm believing in what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I'm choosing to follow him for the rest of my days. I'm putting away my sin, myself, and my stuff. I'm declaring that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I'm ready to follow him for the rest of my life. If this is you with all heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just raise your hand right now? If this is you praying this prayer for the first time, you've never prayed this prayer before. You've never said these words. You've never prayed this prayer, ask God to be your Lord and your Savior. If this is you and you've never prayed this prayer with all heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just lift up your hand to heaven right now? Lift up your hand really high, really proud between you and God to say, I'm in. I've never prayed this prayer, but tonight I'm praying it. Tonight I'm asking God to be my Lord and my Savior, hands up all across this room. And I love what, what, I, what we're seeing is we're seeing young people cross over the line of faith Step into a relationship with God for the rest of us here in this room. I invite you to pray along with me. Jesus, we love you. We surrender everything to you. And God, I'm praying for some young people here that are carrying weight on their shoulders, that they're carrying this identity because of what people have said. And tonight in this place, I'm praying for freedom. Praying for chains to be let go. And I'm praying that they can find their worth in you, God. That we would know our worth, who we are, and whose we are. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing here in this place. We love you. And you're in your prayer. And all God's people said, Amen.